There we go. Why have I quit my job? Why have I, you know, bought a van? And, and why am I going to drive around the country? Well, I'm passionate about the idea that you need to be heard. And I want to stitch these stories together across the states. I'm going to find the commonalities. And it's going to be really an amazing experience. And I look forward to you joining me on the job. Hello, everybody, and welcome to uh, Mental Health Today. And uh, this is a really, you know, I'm really looking forward to this episode. Have a chance to talk to a couple of doctors. Um, you know, uh, both Christina, I'm sorry, Christopher and Sophia. And we're going to have a nice chat uh, around a very interesting and I think new in some ways, at least new in a modern medicine kind of approach um, to treating mental illness mental and helping support mental health. Certainly not new culturally uh, or, or around the world. And I think this has been the treatment and, or a philosophy or a religion and so, probably so many words I would get wrong. Uh, but it's certainly been around for a long time. And for maybe for different treatments, maybe mental health, I hope to find some of the history out a little bit today. Uh, but Christopher and Sophia, welcome to the show. Uh, welcome to Mental Health Today. And thanks very much for being guests. Thank you so much, Ken. We're really excited to be on here today and yeah. uh, really sharing about this treatment. Yeah, yeah. it's going to be. I'm, I'm really looking forward to learning some more. Um, so the, the show is sponsored by uh, the JAR Foundation, and the JAR Foundation is a nonprofit uh, dedicated to kind of helping with access, cost, um, uh, education around mental health and trying to do our part uh, really through local communities to kind of help get people the access and the treatment and the education, the tools they need to, to kind of really live a better life and reduce some of the impact uh, on, on all of us. Uh, because really mental health doesn't just affect the people uh, in the crisis, it affects really everybody around them. And this is a real, you know, I think it's a real chance to use this platform to, to give teams like yourselves opportunities to present and show um, other people in the industry as well as, you know, as regular, regular folks like myself a little bit about what's available. So what's going on, Christopher, Sophia, doctors? What's happening? What, how did you end up in this space? And, you know, what's that? What are you doing now? I guess maybe explain a little of the business. Uh, what is Propel Ther Therapeutics doing? Uh, and what are, you, what are you hoping to change? Absolutely. So a little bit of background about ourselves. So I'm a psychiatrist and I've been practicing psychiatry for the past 10 years. Okay. And Dr. Piva, she's an anesthesiologist. Uh, we teamed up about two years ago to create what we call a psychedelic wellness center, really focusing on the use of a medication called ketamine. Oh, uh, it's also, okay, ketamine too. Okay, great. Yeah. So we use ketamine uh, to really explore different parts of the subconscious mind and provide mm -hmm. relief for depression, PTSD, anxiety, yes. and chronic pain. Okay. Oh, it was my mistake. I, for some reason, I had psychedelics in there. I was uh, like a psilocybin approach. So this is ketamine. Correct. Super. Okay, great. So this yes, is really we, interesting. And we use uh, ketamine is, is technically a dissociative anesthetic. Um, mm -hmm. But in the doses we use, uh, we are able to get people into a, what we call a psychedelic range. So people okay. can experience different types of uh, perceptual changes, uh, feelings, memories that come up during a session. 
so it, it, it is, um, in some, some cases, can be a psychedelic experience. How did you, I mean, why would you guys come together to do this? Any personal experience or, I mean, doing this, you know, it's a business in some ways, but it's also not a, just a business. It's not a coin, you know, it's not a coin operated laundromat. This is somewhere you got to have some, you're getting into this for some passion. There's some personal, usually something personal around this. Yeah, I think for both of us, it was actually very personal. Um, I can share kind of my my part and then Sophia want to jump in. Mm -hmm. So for me, a lot of it was that I was seeing patients after patients that were coming to me and, you know, kind of getting a little bit better, but really not getting the full results that you like to see for mm -hmm. depression or PTSD. Uh, so actually, as a provider, that can be really frustrating. I can only imagine how frustrating that is as a patient. Yeah, You're, you're just continuing kind of, you know, getting by, having some, some level of functioning, but not really full recovery. So for me, a lot of that, it came out of frustration and uh, then doing really the research into what are some other tools? You know, I don't want to be just stuck with the few tools, the SSRIs, SNRIs, these are you know, typical antidepressant medications. Um, and I wanted to, to really start to innovate. So for me, I, I found this as being really a, a breakthrough type of treatment for these conditions. Wow. How about you, Sophia? Um, so I have been working with ketamine for about 10 years. Um, wow. And I think the thing that really got me into ketamine was actually when I went to residency, where um, I did my residency at USC, University of Southern California. It was a very beloved drug in that program. And so the beauty of that was that we got to uh, use it in many different sets and settings. Um, and so I really got comfortable using it okay. um, in all sorts of environments with children, with adults, for general anesthetics, for sedations, um, really in all sorts of ways, postoperatively for pain. Um, and so basically what led me to go into this uh, kind of, it's kind of a pivot, right? Because I, I'm yeah. an anesthesiologist by training. Um, basically what happened was I was in private practice and I got really burned out. Um, and uh, there was a moment in my career where I remember thinking like, okay, is this basically what I'm going to be doing for the rest of my life? Uh, going to the hospital 80 hours a week, uh, maybe giving up a weekend or two per month uh, to work there and really not having the kind of gratification that I was looking yeah. for and really feeling like, um, I, I just feeling like I wasn't fulfilling my full potential. Mm. Anyway. Um, and then after I started noticing these really the symptoms that I see in my patients now, which is, you know, the depression, the lack of sleep, the ruminating thoughts, um, kind of the irritability, mm, it was really like a wake up call for me. And uh, I actually decided to just quit. Uh, so wow. I quit my job without having anything else lined up because for me, it was like, well, if I quit my job and like, what am I going to line up? It's just going to be the same thing, but in a different place. Um, and I really thought that's not what I wanted it's a, to It's a real, yeah, do. that's a real thing. Yeah. And so basically I kind of jumped off a cliff and said, okay, I'm going to make a complete pivot and I'm starting to hear more about ketamine therapy uh, for mental health. And so this is what I think I'm going to approach. It's exciting. It's new. It gives me an outlet to be creative, to do something yes. different, um, to impact people's lives in a different way than I have been so far. And, and this is basically when I proposed to Dr. Fisher that should we just open up a ketamine clinic 
and, you know, do ketamine infusions because, you know, you're a psychiatrist, I'm an anesthesiologist, so we can probably handle the worst case scenarios. Um, and that, that's how we did it. And we started out with one room and one patient. And now we have four rooms. We're running almost the whole week. Um, wow. Yeah. And it's really incredible. It's really gratifying just seeing the tangible uh, changes in people's behaviors and the way they view the world and the way they view themselves. And um, also hearing from their families about the big changes that they've seen in them and how that's impacted the family unit as wow. a whole. It's really gratifying. It's nothing like I got ever in the hospital. I mean, most people didn't even remember who I was. So, yeah, well, especially you inject it. If you hit them with ketamine and they go out, they, you wake up. They don't, I don't remember you. Yeah, they don't know who I am at all. And sometimes they even think I'm their nurse. So it's here, it's completely <laughs> different. Yeah. That is so, that's so inspiring. I mean, to find, it's one thing to have an idea and a dream. It's a, what did it feel like when you open the shop and you're standing there like two high school kids going, Oh shit, what have we done? Like, are we going to, are we going to make it? Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It was terrifying. I mean, signing that first lease for our office, I was thinking, mm. like, well, um, we need to treat four people per month, at least to cover the cost. Okay. And then okay. you know, we won't make any money, but at least we will not owe anyone any money. Yeah. And uh, a lot of faith and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And right. honestly, the best thing for us was just to make sure we always provide value to our patients. Yeah. Then, then you're um, going to win. You're going to win. Yeah. That has really been our core. Um, kind of one of our core, core mottos here is to provide value and just going after the value. And, 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 you know, when you people see value and when, when you provide them that really intimate care that they really need, um, they mm. will come. And, and that's basically what happened with us. So we've been very lucky uh, in a way to have been able to keep this, this thing going uh, for so long. How, how long have you been operating now? It's been two years now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we just reached our two year mark. Yeah. So good. Congratulations. Thank you. Yeah. Where where do you find your patients or how do they find you? What's your I mean, I'm sure you started off one way. You had four people you convinced, and then you know, then you had six. Yeah. And so how do people find you now? What's the so a lot of it is actually word of mouth and okay. referrals from other providers. So you know, uh, it's like yep. in, in Sacramento, I'm connected with a lot of different mental health providers, therapists, counselors, psychiatrists. So we got quite a few different referrals from people because uh, they really appreciate you know, being able to talk with someone directly about their patient, coordinating yeah. their care. So we really consider ourselves almost as, you know, as a specialist. So yeah, for sure. we want people to continue to work with their therapists if, you know, um, you know after or between our sessions. Hmm. We also do what's called ketamine-assisted psychotherapy, which e with each treatment. That someone comes to see us so you know they're receiving the medication but they're also receiving ketamine assisted psychotherapy which is a lot of a lot of the benefit that we see is comes from the therapy portion after after the ketamine yeah so we do yeah. uh, a lot of actually work up front called the preparation work okay um, so prepared for the experience we we do what's called intention setting where we set their intention yes you need to you need to be prepared for where you're going Exactly. Um, and that really can set the stage for the experience. Yes, sure. Uh, and then during the session, I play very specific uh, music, curated music for each each session. Okay. Um, it allows people to start processing through things. And then afterwards, uh, we, you know, we also have a therapy session right after. 
So that's the integration work. In addition to that, we also do a group integration once a week for 90 minutes. Uh, so that's done. Oh, now how does that, is that online or is that people online. come together? Yep. So you're doing a, yeah. so different people who have been through the treatment the last week or month or, or whatever, the, and they can come to a group therapy session and take part in a discussion around what's happening afterwards, one minute, like, and just share each other's stories. Exactly. Sharing each other's stories is such an important part of this. Whoa. Uh, because with, with depression and anxiety, we see people really start to insulate. Yes. And, they struggle with those connections. So if we can provide a kind of a forum for people to connect and connect on, uh, you know, in terms of their experiences, that can be really beneficial for people. Yeah. And I, and I, I what I like, I just, I just did interview somebody who's got a platform, which is group therapy. Mm -hmm. I forget the name of the company now. It's just escaping me. Um, but the whole thing is group therapy and they have, you know, they really do focus on letting, you know, just having the platform there and people talking and, you know, like the description of somebody just went through grief and there's somebody who's been there 10 years in grief and they start counseling each other. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And the therapist just sits back and kind of, you know, make sure everything's cool and safe and yep. warm and fuzzy and, <laughs> you know, kind of maybe prompt a few questions, but it's a lovely idea of a place to get therapy. It's yeah. not therapy at that point. It doesn't feel like therapy. Yeah, we call it almost an integration circle where people okay. are, the, the therapist is actually more of a facilitator. Yes, yeah, yeah. It allows yeah. kind of hold space for other people to make those connections and to share. Yeah, the less you're aware that the therapist is there, it's probably the better, right? So exactly. it almost becomes a real, a real truly self-driven or, or patient-driven. What are the, um, like the kind of clients, right? I, I can guess, right? Uh but have you got ended up with some kind of like a specific niche that people are finding you? Cause I could see like the veteran community finds you and that's it game over. You're going to have nothing but veterans cause they're all going to come find you. Or, you know, it could be doctors in the hospitals, right. Who need some therapy. I'm just curious, like what, what kind of patients find you? I've noticed it's kind of come in waves. So okay. what will happen is one, one person will come to us Maybe they're you know a nurse or attorney or yeah. a you know physician, and they're really struggling. You know, barely ever you know going to work, and they're yeah. they're struggling. And their coworkers notice it, um, and then they receive treatment, and they other people notice like oh like there's something different. What's going on? What's happening here? And then they might start sharing with those other people, and then those other people might say oh you know what my niece or nephew is struggling. Yeah. With you know, can can you tell me about more about this treatment? Can you connect us with this? So we, we find that there's waves of people from different areas, from different groups that start coming to us. Interesting. Um, for example, another kind of wave that we got was a, a bereavement group. Um, yeah, it's always just, yeah, just giving that example, right? So people with bereavement and a lot of times they're in support groups and then one person starts noticing a change and may let the other person know about it. Uh, so we kind of see things come in waves. Uh, first responders to... Yes, uh, we've had uh, teachers. We just had a, a variety of different uh, you know, people in different fields, people working, people that aren't working, uh, you know, people that are really trying to support their family member. Uh, so it's been a definitely a variety. I, I mean, mental health, right? It, mental illness just ha it takes no prisoners. It it cares. It has no fooks to give what, what your role in life is. <laughs> it's going it to bang on all of our doors at some point in our life. And, and I think this is something I didn't realize when I started my JAR tour, 
you know, was how much, how many people have been affected. And it seems to be everybody at some point is dealing with something where they need some help, someone to talk to or some outlet or some other, you know, shoulder to lean on or someone to check to say, Hey, is this, I'm feeling this, is this normal? Like, you know, I don't feel very good. I can't even think, you know, it's cool that people don't evangelize. Like the way you're telling me the story, it's like, you don't have a lot of evangelists, but you just have people who exhibit a change. Yeah. And that, and, that's, and that's, that gets pulled out of them. Yeah. And that's, and we love just seeing that to hear those stories. That's a touchdown, right? Yeah. I mean, it's yeah. not like they came out of there and they're running around at the church on the, on the pulpit, you know, telling everybody what they should go do. Literally, they look different and people see it. People see it. Yeah, they yeah. feel it too. It's a feeling, you know. I mean, oh, you're you feel a different energy. You are yes. walking in the room with more confidence. You're walking in the room with a smile. You're walking up and looking up instead of looking down. There's yeah. parts about your body mm. um, positioning uh, th that shows, you know, your state of mind. So all of those things, yeah. when they start changing, people start noticing and Sometimes, you know, we talk about these things and they seem silly because they seem so, um, you know, trivial, but but they're not really the way you carry yourself oh, yeah. uh, is the energy that you carry with you. And that is what you attract uh, from others. And so that's mm. very noticeable. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's incredible. We've even treated some patients with TBIs here. And a t uh, TBI, what's that? a traumatic brain injury so people that have had oh, car accidents concussions yeah. um other accidents with wow. uh, heavy objects hitting their head uh so those patients also do very well but it takes them a long time uh for example okay. had one gentleman who initially when he came to us i mean he looked like he had these giant big uh, like Coke bottle glasses on. He was very look cross-eyed. He couldn't articulate sentences very well. He would forget words. Like he would get very frustrated with himself because his speech fluidity wasn't very good. And then we treated him for about a, you know, for two, he still comes to us. So he's been with us for two years, but a year into it, um, I started noticing that when he was coming in, he was just looking very different. Uh, very much more normal. His speech was more fluid. He was he was just like a different person. And I remember talking to him and saying like, "Hey, do you remember when you first came?" <laughs> yeah. yeah. And he's like, "Yeah." When I look back a year from today, he was like, "I am completely different." And I'm like, "I know you're completely normal now." And it's just so nice to see that. And um, obviously, his wife noticed it. I mean, she wrote us a, a beautiful letter to thank us uh, for all the work that we did with him. But again, you know. Um, ketamine therapy, this type of therapy is a process. It takes some time. And if you're trying mm. to take something like TBI, you know, it's going to take some time. And so you that, have to be patient. Take yeah, you have to be patient with the process. It can, it's ne usually not a one and done. And usually it takes a lot of self-awareness, uh, patient willingness to work uh, on mm. themselves as well. So it's not just the okay. medicine kind of doing magic um the medicine definitely facilitates your success but it's not everything can maybe you can explain for people what's going on because i, I did get some explanation uh on, on another call and it's fat it was fascinating um and and then we had a, a, a kind of a sideline discussion around it but i think it's worth hearing again and from a different point of view what's actually happening 
in the brain that that's being how does ketamine working you know other how does ketamine work how is this working <laughs> that's a very difficult question i think <laughs> oh i love it okay <laughs> because i think that there are many different theories and i'm not sure if we are able to really pinpoint the exact way the ketamine works i think wow. there's likely several different pathways okay. Okay. Um, what i have been seeing lately in the uh, research is that uh, what they're doing is they're taking a neuron. So a neuron is basically a nerve cell and uh, they're staining it. And then they're exposing it to the ketamine chemical. And then they're staining it again after several exposures. And what they're noticing is that these neurons are starting to grow little arms and those little arms are called dendrites. And those are how neuron connects to another neuron and takes to pass on a message. Um, And so basically one way on a cellular level, how ketamine works is it increases this connectivity between neurons. Okay. concept a lot of the times is referred to as neuroplasticity meaning a lot no uh, your brain be, being able to uh be more um willing and able to change behavioral behaviors by uh, changing the neural connections because really the way our behaviors are expressed if you go back to the cellular level this is neurons connecting to each other and passing on a signal. So okay. depending on how your neuron is connected to each other, that's the behavior you're going to express. So if your behavior that you're expressing is something that you don't like, for example, if this trigger causes you to be irritable, that's yes. a pattern. That's a neuronal connections in your brain. So what we do is the ketamine causes your brain to become more pliable and plastic in a way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that you can start creating those new neural connections. And then the therapy is actually what gets you to get the new neural connections uh, to be created. Okay. A lot okay. of the times, I'll give you another little piece of information that I think is important to realize is when we were children, our neuroplasticity was very high. Yeah, yeah. Very mature. We are growing. We're developing. Uh, children are very, very adaptable. Their brains can change very quickly to different situations and different behaviors in order to adapt. As we get older, our brains, they really, they mature and that neuroplasticity is lost. And this is when you hear people saying things like, I'm stuck in my ways. Can't teach an old dog new tricks. I mean, there are reasons <laughs> why these things are there. Yeah, there's a reason. why That's the oldest saying and there's a reason for it. Okay. Yeah. It's true. So a lot of people, even though they recognize, a lot of adults, they recognize, oh gosh, when this happens, I always react in this way. And I know this is wrong and I know I should react differently. And so they know this, but the problem is when they get into the situation in the moment, they automatically go to the way they always react. Why is that? They know they shouldn't react that way, but they just do it. Well, that's because they practice that behavior and that neural connection so robust now. Yeah. You know, it just happens. And so what the ketamine does, what helps you do is actually create that new neural connection so you can react in a different way to the same trigger, to the same situation. Yes, yeah, yeah. Give another highway. So instead of like having one connect, now you got like two, like, the, and there's, a, and yeah. then you steer, then the therapy session steers them to kind of the, the right behavior or mm-hmm. how to think through and, and to... yeah, I was sharing that with that the other time. I had this, I started playing guitar at 52. And when I started strumming and strumming patterns, you know, down, down, up, down, up, down, 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 up, down, or, or 
mm-hmm. you know, some finger pattern, P-I-M-I, P-M-I-I, you know, and the, right. my brain was just doing absolute gibberish diarrhea. Like <laughs> it, it would get up there and it would just go, Grrr! you know, I started strumming. I'm like, what is happening? And I just lost, I felt like I had lost some sort of connections, right? Like I was like completely discombobulated. But as I kept going, I literally could feel things happening in my brain. Like those those neurons were like starting like, whoa, shit, we got to like fix that. And they were trying to go back and grow. Yeah. yeah. Then I started singing and strumming. And same experience, completely like a drunk person. Like it was like I had 16 shots of tequila and tried to play the guitar and sing. <laughs> Nothing worked. Like my, my pattern would go off my left hand, my right hand, my brain, like it was just, but I could swear, like I started getting it and literally made the connections happen. Mm -hmm. Um, So I physically, I physically could feel a change in my body. Mm -hmm. Um, So I know that this stuff is real. Neurons can grow and they can touch each other and you can change, you know, my physical, physically the way I was able to do something blew my mind. And to then to be able to have confirmation of that, right? Yeah. Scientifically, like this is what happened to you. And I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> so m- music plays such an important part in this. I think, you know, um, I mean, for sure it's playing it as part of that, the music and the functionality and, and your body, your brain having to accommodate the movement. That you're yeah, there's, a achieve. That, there's a saying in medicine that neurons that fire together, wire together. Oh, that's a good one. See, so and when- that's what, yeah. Yeah, and, and they might have been like, you know, this far apart. And they're like, and it's like the signal. And they're like, okay, we're like, we're like oh, 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 okay. You know, and then it finally happened. And I can yeah. I can actually strum and sing at the same time. None so, of it's good. They can't fix that part. If you could give me a ketamine session that would change my voice, it would be great. You, know? <laughs> so, <laughs> or, you might want to go with surgery for that one. <laughs> <laughs> or make my fingers faster, my, 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 my yeah. other hand. Well, um, it's, uh, you know, it's all natural process, but ketamine just accelerates ex- it. Yeah, yeah, it absolutely. Just accelerates it so much faster. And uh, in a society where we're always looking for results and fast, 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 I think this is one of the fastest ways that you can help yourself change your behaviors if you're really dedicated to it. Yeah. How's the fun? What's the financing like now? Are, are insurance companies behind this yet? What's the paperwork like? I mean, how many people, you know, you have... You have 50 patients. Do you need 25 uh, paperwork people to help find, you know, to fight the insurance companies? How how are we doing on the back end? How are we doing on the back end? Yeah, so we <laughs> so we'd actually like to have that problem where we actually could get reimbursement through insurance companies. Okay. Uh, insurance companies won't uh, at this point contract directly for the services, so it's really creating super bills for patients uh, to then uh, work on getting reimbursement. I heard that there is a na- the, uh, the nasal spray version is is reimbursable. Uh, yeah. So yes, it is. Uh, so I can actually go into a little more detail about yeah. all these things. Um, so here's the reason why the insurance companies do not reimburse yeah. therapy. The reason is because in order for the insurance company to reimburse, they want to have the FDA have ketamine as an indication for treatment-resistant depression, anxiety, and PTSD. Okay. However, 
the FDA has not approved ketamine for treatment-resistant mental health disorders. And therefore, this is what insurance companies use to say or to deny treatment. Now, um, in order for the FDA to approve this indication, Mm. we have to show the FDA studies that show that, okay, look, we did all these studies and ketamine truly is helping more than placebo. Um, But who does these studies? Okay, these studies are expensive. So who does these studies mostly? It's the pharmaceutical company. The, who owns ketamine? Who And there's no patent on it anymore. Exactly. Oh. <laughs> oh. The, the pharmaceutical companies, they cannot do, uh, uh, they cannot do uh, studies on this uh, drug because they cannot patent it. Yeah, ketamine yeah. has been generic since the 1970s. Uh, so there's no money for the pharmaceutical companies. Uh, therefore, they have no incentive. Now, what it happened with the intranasal ketamine is that uh, a company, I think it's Johnson & Johnson, right? Yeah. yeah, so Johnson & Johnson, what they did. Okay, so we're going to go back a little bit into science. Sure, it's okay. Explain to you. So every vial of ketamine in the United States is a racemic mixture. What is a racemic mixture? It's a mixture of two different enantiomers. So it's, it's two different versions of ketamine that are mirror images of each other. So okay. in chemistry, by convention, we call it the R and the S, so two okay. hands. Uh, so both of my hands, they're the same, right? They all have a thumb, a forefinger, a middle finger, a ring finger, and a pinky. But they are different. And what is the difference? They're mirror images of each other. Yeah. They're oriented differently. The fingers oriented differently around my palm. And so every uh, vial of ketamine in the United States is a racemic mixture, meaning it has two different versions of ketamine inside. One is the R and one is the S by convention. Okay. Um, so what uh, Johnson and Johnson did is they eliminated one of the enantiomers from the solution, the R enantiomer, and they were left with the S enantiomer. And then they did studies on the S enantiomer and they showed, according to their studies, that it's just as effective. And this is why it's called S-ketamine, the uh, S enantiomer. Okay, okay. Intranasal just has one of the racemic uh, components. Yeah, got it. Okay. Very, very okay. clever. Yes. So this is how they were able to uh, patent it. Repatent it. Re- yeah. Almost a repatent. So the insurance companies, okay, you know, we hear the studies for this specific intranasal, and this is why the insurance will cover the intranasal, but only the one that the S-ketamine, because okay. there are some pharmacies, compounding pharmacies, that make the racemic intranasal, but again, it's racemic. It's not indicated. You have to have just... This is the S and Antimar. So you see, things get kind of muddy and tricky. Um, and then there's another pharmaceutical company that is looking at the R and Antimar to make that as a patent drug. You know, yeah, and it's got to be, I mean, for me, it's just listening to it's frustrating, you know, knowing that the FDA is sitting, you know, potentially sitting on a gold mine of, of health treatment for people, a treatment that could seemingly especially as i talked to me this seems like a really powerful treatment and every time you can treat somebody or help them we're saving so much money on medical costs like like the trade-off is is massive between mental health and physical health i mean anybody having a heart attack has a mental health issue i mean maybe they ate too much but maybe that was due to mental health but but a lot of these heart attacks and stuff and stress strokes and stress mental health yeah yeah Yeah, it's a shame to think we can't get our heads around that faster 
Yeah. Well, um, the beauty of our clinic, though, is that we sit on a platform. Uh, we use a platform called Ozmine, which is a public benefit company. Okay. And what this platform does, and actually I am a member of the community board for this platform now. Okay. Um, and uh, so, so it's nice because I feel like I am making even a bigger difference. Yeah, yeah. A wider. Called Ozmind, O-S-M-I-N-D. And what this platform does is it creates an electronic medical record and also some tools for us to use electronically uh, in order to take care of our patients. And in return, what they ask from us is if we're willing to give them access to our patient data. And what that oh, means okay. is um, your name is no longer Ken Stearns in their system. It's a long string of letters and numbers. But the your rating scales and your data goes to their system. And then they pull this data from all the other, I think they have about 350 clinics nationally that they support. Okay. Uh, so all of that data gets pulled. So now that's thousands and thousands of data points that they can then analyze and put into, you know, run meta-analyses on. And I think that this might be the way forward for us to publicly try to fund the research for this kind of that's therapy. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. That's... Very interesting. I like this. And they're using this information for that effort or it's not quite clear yet? No, they're using this information for that effort. They've already published a couple of studies. One is called the ORCA-1, O-R-K-A-1, and the ORCA-2. And our clinic has contributed data to both of these uh, meta-analyses where they're showing, uh, you know, the ketamine is superior in uh, helping with. Uh, you know, treatment-resistant depression, anxiety, PTSD. Yeah, because when we're looking at kind of the, the effectiveness of this treatment, and one of the reasons why I really wanted to focus on this as a treatment modality is it's it's a completely different type of treatment than your usual antidepressant medications. With, you know, yes. some people with antidepressant medications, some people benefit from them, um, and it's great, particularly when we get the first or the second trial where someone benefits. Yes, right. Third or a fourth, the chance of your depression or anxiety responding to to that, and I've seen people that have come to me and they've been on about twenty five different medications. Uh, your chances of, of things getting better after the third or fourth one goes down significantly. So we need to think kind of outside the box and think of what can we do to get these patients help because these are these are patients that are you know, treatment resistant depression, significant symptoms, anxiety, yeah. PTSD, suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's no, there's actually not a faster acting treatment for suicidality than there is with ketamine. It is the singular uh, fastest acting agent there is for thoughts about suicide. I mean, yeah, and that's just got to be tough for you guys, especially on the front lines. And you see, you see some of the wreckage, and to know that there's something a better, potentially a better mousetrap, or for sure, from your point of view, maybe at this point, a better mousetrap. Yep. I, I mean, I think, like you said, therapeutics for people if you get it right first couple of times, that, that makes a lot of sense. But even for me, that's a lifelong sentence, possibly. And the fact that ketamine may be able, you know, in a few treatments, you can get them into a different place where maybe they don't have to be on a lifelong uh, medication. You know, maybe they can't get to a different place. Is that, does that make sense? Is that a, I mean, I don't want to be a doctor, but I mean, it seems if you can, if you can, if you're healing something, it's different than taking a drug to control your, your emotions. 
Yeah, so a lot of it is looking at symptoms versus looking at the core issue. Yes. And, and healing that core issue. Yeah, that's what I like. I'm a much more of a core issue guy. Yeah. And yeah. I, particularly for things like trauma, right? So with with PTSD, you can have multiple different types of symptoms. And mm. it, it can be pretty functionally impairing. Affect your sleep, nightmares. Of oh, yeah. Affect your you know, interest in things. Um, affect relationships. If we can, instead of just looking at you know, symptoms and patching up yeah. those symptoms, if we can start looking at yes. what are the patient's goals coming into the treatment mm. and how, we can, how can we start healing that trauma? How can we start to explore it? And what's interesting about ketamine is that it actually, there's some studies looking at it that it, it de decreases the activation of the fear centers of our brain, the amygdala. And so that allows us to then start to process through things. So a big key component of okay. PTSD trauma is, is we avoid you know, at all costs, even thinking about it. And how can we, how can we heal if we can't, if we can't start to explore something? So people come, you know, go into therapy, you know, for years and may not even touch the, the core issue. And it might not be consciously, it may actually be a subconscious avoidance. Yeah. You're trying to protect, I'm trying to protect myself. Exactly. Yeah, Absolutely. I can't believe it's a super fast discussion for me. I, I don't think I'm ever going to get to my 30 minutes with guests like you. <laughs> like I'm always going to go over because it it's just too interesting. I got too many questions. Um, really interesting discussion. Um, so doctors, any closing thoughts, like any kind of a, you know, and it could be just how to reach out to you and, or, you know, any advice to other doctors listening, um, yeah, just some any kind of closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Who's first? <clears throat> I was gonna go first. <laughs> you go first. Yeah, I'll go first. Uh, <laughs> I just want to, you know, I think the the key word that comes out to me is hope. That yeah. that there is hope for people that haven't benefited from other treatments. That there is hope that things get better. There's hope yeah. that uh, that you can you can start living a life that you're really meant to live. Um, and in terms of you know, reaching out, we're, we're happy to always you know, to talk about our treatment. Um, our, our clinic is called Propel Therapeutics. We're here in Sacramento, California. Uh, we have people actually travel out to, from the Bay Area, from Tahoe, um, from Southern California. So we've, we have people that come out to us, but there's also other, you know, other resources for people that are struggling. But I think that's... Uh, Particularly if you've tried other things, I think this is a great treatment. Yeah. Yeah, I think if you're struggling and you've already tried several medicines, um, the hope that the next medication will be the one that's going to help is very unlikely. God, um, tough. I always, I know, I've always uh, had this theory, and not theory, but you know, I follow this motto, which is like, if you want a different result, you have to try something different. Yes. Uh, so, you know, trying the same meds over and over that are basically just going after symptoms and putting a bandaid over symptoms is not going to yes. solve your issues. You really need to reach out and figure out what is actually causing your symptoms and attack that problem if you'd like to resolve your symptoms. Mm. Um, I think ketamine therapy is a very wonderful way to approach this. Uh, but I also want to caution people to make sure they go to places that have experience, uh, mm -hmm. that have you know, a dedicated mental health professional, because again, the ketamine is not magic. It's not going to just magically make you feel better. 
You really need uh, a professional to help you unravel and to help you integrate all of that information that you get from the academy yeah. session itself. Um, and this is why all those kids from the 90s that did ketamines in the clubs are not having, you know, they're not like without mental health problems because, you know, <laughs> yeah. you still need that mental health professional to help you figure out, you know, what it all means and what is the path forward and what you need to do. Um, so, you know, that's my advice to folks is just to make sure whenever they go to a clinic that that clinic is going to perform the ketamine assisted psychotherapy in order to give them a well-rounded yeah treatment. Otherwise, either it's not going to last a long time, it's not going to be a robust response, and they're just going to end up being stuck on ketamine forever rather than like a drug. Yeah, uh, it, that's a great, a great analogy about people, you know, that we're using it re recreationally using a drug is not the same as being, you know, administered in a setting and by professionals with an, an expected outcome. And, you know, and that pre-talk, like you said, setting intentional settings is a different animal altogether. Mm -hmm. different animal. Dr. Piva, Dr. Fisher, awesome conversation from my end, at least for me, very interesting. I, I learned a little bit more. Uh, I'm still haven't made it to California yet. So Sacramento's on my, on my list of places for sure. I'll pop by, maybe get you guys on my other show, the jar. Oh yeah. That'd be that. great. Yeah. yeah. Come, come visit our, because also our clinic is unique. We have an immersive environment. It's a very unique yeah. I, I love to sit down at a table and just and and have you on the other side of the jar and go through the questions and and uh, see a different side of you as well. We love that. Yeah, it's great. So thanks very much, everybody. Thanks for listening. Thanks for supporting this uh, the Mental Health Today uh, podcast. Um, you know, please do have a look. We can find you can find us on all the regular channels. You know, plus we've got stuff on link all over LinkedIn. Uh, we're on our Facebook page, the Jar. Uh, the jar live and um, also on our YouTube channel. And that's it for now. I'm going to play a little, a uh, little outro and then I'll see you guys in the, in the jungle room on the backside. <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks everybody. Thank you so much. Yeah. Loose baby. But we're about to go and make this vessel with these great professionals yeah. in public class. We're not part of the community, but we're from the outer family of glass blowing. Yeah, we're gonna go make a magical giant jar with optic lenses so that if you turn it, it changes all the time. So if you change the way you look at things, the things you look at will change.